This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez? What do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only, 18 plus, rewards, registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Good evening and welcome to the Ellen Vale podcast. It's Thursday. Um, as you're all aware, or hopefully you're all aware and not looking out for the result, we didn't have a game Tuesday because it was postponed. So we're going to touch on a bit of Cheltenham and a bit of things that have happened this week. And there's huge news that's happened this week. And that is, Bez, you've been to the cinema twice. Been twice, been twice. I actually tried to go three times because I've been away all week. I only got back today. I left the house Monday morning and got back tonight. So Monday night, I went to see The Iron Claw, which is a true story based on the Von Eddick family, who's a wrestling family in America. Unbelievable film. You don't need to watch or understand wrestling to enjoy it. Absolutely great film. Would highly recommend it to everyone. Zac Efron's one of the leads in it. So... Good actors, any but yeah, great film. And then Tuesday night, I went to see The Zone of Interest, which is, and I didn't realize I was in that. It's a Polish film and it's in Polish, but it has got subtitles. So, in a nutshell, it's a German officer that was working at Auschwitz, and his house is right next to Auschwitz. Yes, and it doesn't focus. You are. I saw it advertised and thought it, I thought it looked interesting. I didn't realise it was in Polish, though. Yeah, it's in Polish with English subtitles. It's a Polish okay. film. And basically, you don't see anything of what's going on in Auschwitz. And it's kind of like they're living this family, normal family life next to Auschwitz. And they don't realise what's going on next door. But yeah, the gunshots, you see the smoke, you see the fires and quite harrowing. But the first hour of it was really good. And then I fell asleep, so I need to watch the last half hour at some point. <laughs> oh, I can't have been that good then if I fell asleep. No, it was. I was just knackered. I'd been, obviously, I was up the northeast. I'd done a lot of travelling, done a lot of work, very tired, working my bollocks off. 
putting my heart and soul into my job and tiring myself out. And then last night I was going to go watch the Bob Marley one, but I got there forgetting it was Valentine's Day because obviously I'm away from work and I wasn't at home to pick up all the cards that were on the doormat. So went and the cinema was rammed. The queues were massive and the film started at all five, so obviously it comes in about 10 to 6. Got there at 25 to 6 and I wouldn't have got him. I'd have probably missed the first 10, 15 minutes. So I left it. I went Pizza Hut and come back to my hotel. Fair enough. Sounds so good. I not Bob Marley, yeah. No, but you, you, you get in there. Getting there. So two out, done two. So Iron Claw, definitely worth a watch. Brilliant. The Zone of Interest. If you can watch a film that's subtitled, go and watch it because harrowing. But I love mystery and I fully believe that everyone should be aware of what's happened before us. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. It, did, it looked really good when I saw when I was reading about it because I was reading what was coming. Because really looking forward to the new Joker film. Oh, I haven't seen that one advertised. Yeah, the, there's a new one with Lady Gaga plays Harley Quinn before oh. she was Harley Quinn, and Jao uh, Queen Felix is back playing the Joker. So he was fantastic as that one, and he was good in Napoleon. To be fair. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch that one. Uh, the Bob Marley one apparently does focus on when his uh, wife left him as well. She okay. uh, she left him and took the satellite dish where the poor bastard, no woman, no sky. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, man. Ah. <laughs> and anyway, um, let, let's let let let's talk the real the real reason why we're here. I've got a few bits and bobs I want to touch on in a bit, but. Port Vale. How far did you get to Peterborough on Tuesday and what did you do instead? Obviously, I know, but I'm asking for the listeners. I got about 40 minutes away and then decided that we were going to go Leicester Chef Wednesday on a scouting mission instead. How was that? Um, First half was really good. Leicester were fantastic. Second half was one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen. Really? It's bloody dreadful. Like it didn't help that I sat next to someone that I would have been sat be- well sat behind. Sorry, someone that I would have been sat behind at Vale. Like because Leicester, Leicester's obviously managed by Pep's assistant. Yeah. So so they're all progressive and passing for passing sake and stuff like that. But like one boy behind me was just like, just fucking kick it, get it out to the wingers and kick it. Have a shot, will you? I was just like, oh, leave me alone. I've yeah, missed the team that's top of the league. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, like the grumblings. It was it was a dire off football, like for a team that was top versus a dreadful side. Massive credit to the Chef Wednesday fans because when Vardy scored after four minutes, the first thing they started singing is "He's one of our own." Jamie Vardy is one of our own. So, like the Wednesday fans were proper taking the piss, and then for about half an hour they were just kept singing, "How shit must you be?" It's only two nil. So. <laughs> They're in. You can see, well and truly party has set in because they know where they're going, but they're enjoying it. So yeah, it was the atmosphere was decent. I was disappointed by the Leicester crowd. Um, there, there was loads of empty seats, and then you're top of the league, and it, I didn't expect it. But yeah, it was yeah. It, it was different. The the grounds lovely. The the concourse bit was was really good. It had. Um, if Carol's listening, it had, it was covered for a start, but it had, do you know, like the heaters that you get in, like patio heaters? Yes. It had patio heaters because obviously they, they open the doors at half time for people to go out and have a smoke and 
then they had boards up with the fi- the fixtures coming up and a bit of advertising and then the match stats and stuff. So it was, it was all new, which you'd expect from a club that's been in the Premier League and recently won, well, quite recently won it to, to mm. be in, in a good place. But yeah, so the ground was all good. Yeah, so Jamie Vardy's out of contract end of the season. I think Leicester have said they're not extending it. Would he do a job for us for 12 months? He's not. He, he, he's he, he's far too good for League One. So no, he, he'll he'll. I have a feeling if he goes anywhere in League One, it'll be Chef Wednesday. Yeah, but, but to be fair, so's Dan and more too good for League One for me. But we'll get into that. But as yeah. as Vale was called off, and there's been no news coming out of the club this week. In goal number one, Casper Schmeichel. What mark are you giving? I know Casper Schmeichel's not there anymore. No, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. But yeah. So, so, so we're hit with the news at early doors, like you've said, that Darren Moore is the new Port Vale manager on a five and a half year deal. So we thought it was only right to get the, the band together like we normally do for a pod and, and get everyone on. Um, unfortunately, a couple, couple of people can't be, be with us. So Stu can't be with us, um, obviously time difference, but he has sent me a voice note that I'm going to try and get into this little bit. So if one of you can text me the time. I'll try. I'll try and fit it in around this point, so it sounds like we've we've planned something. Evening. Uh, desperate to come on for a full shift and come and do the pod tonight, but sadly it's not a great day for me to do it. Um, Johnny asked for my thoughts on the Moore appointment. Uh, surprisingly, because he normally hates my opinion. So, but uh, here we go. Uh, I'm very happy with the appointment. I genuinely thought he was unrealistic when I saw the betting and saw who was involved in in this in in the race. Uh, it seemed like you know it's going to be a bit sad and end up with Mark Kennedy or someone like that, which I think you know you don't know how those ones go. Um, but I I do feel like this one's um, got more assured. It's a more assured appointment from Vale than than anybody else would have been. Um, but I just fitted what I thought not only would be good for Vale, but also for Flickcroft too. Um, we talked about it last week uh, when we did the original podcast as well. He's a three at the Batman. I think that's really important at this stage of the season uh, that we don't have a big change there. Uh, we've got the players to play that, uh, play three at the back and play wing backs. Uh, maybe not as many as we need, but we we've still got enough. But Flickcroft's going nowhere either. So, as far as I'm concerned, it needed to be long-term, who felt that way as well. And so, Darren Moore fits that profile, uh, and that means, you know, that we've got that continuity with uh, with, with what Flickcroft thinks. Um, he's an experienced manager, and that means I think some things are now going to be a bit more of a collaborative effort in the background, and probably a bit more like the, um, like the Flickcroft... Um, Flickcroft and Daryl Clark relationship should have been uh, in terms of who who's brought in, and I think it was for a main time, but it obviously got away at the end. Um, I think somebody's high profile as an experience as more gets a seat at the table about the strategy going forward and had some impact on that, and I think that's what we'll see uh, over the next over the next six months or so. I think that team uh, more will have a big say in that. Um, Got to look at a couple of things with Darren. From my perspective, is that you know Doncaster when he when he left there to go to Sheffield Wednesday, Doncaster absolutely fell apart. 
after he took there. He left in Mar- on March the first. He won four games. They won four games in seven from the last seventeen after he left. Uh, the fir- two were the first week, and then after he get, they were in the playoffs when he when he got there and he moved on. I know he didn't keep Wednesday up from the other side, but Wednesday is an absolute shit show, and it has been for. It was before he turned up. It was while he was there, and it's been a disaster after he left. Sometimes you just got to say, and you have uh, that somebody's got an effect on something, and you feel it after he left. He's he's shown that. Like if you go and watch the Barry Bannon uh, speech after after they win that playoff final last year, or playoff semi final, they that they did it all for him. Like how many managers are out there that have that kind of impact on their squad? I think. Darren Moore's a well-liked person in football and he's known as one of the good guys in the changing rooms. That doesn't mean that I think he spends too much time placating players. I think people just respect him because he's probably honest with them. And I think that's what we've got here. Um, Yep, didn't go well at Huddersfield, but if you have a look at Huddersfield, has anybody done well there since they were in the Premier League? Like They've had some good managers through there and nobody's got it going apart from Warnock and even he couldn't keep it going. So you've got to ask questions about the hierarchy and the space above the manager and the head coach at, at Huddersfield to sort of like question whether things are good there for 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 anybody to even be successful. The same, probably the same questions that we're having here as well. Um, the football's seems like it's going to be, from my understanding, going to be a bit more pragmatic. Uh, I think that's going to lead to being quicker pace, ball forward faster, defensively strong. And I think that's probably what Vale fans want to see anyway, because that's the way that we that we grew up watching football in the 90s and early 2000s was like we weren't we weren't a possession team. Like possession's mm. great if you do something with it, but we didn't under Crosby, did we? And previously under our recent managers we haven't had enough possession so there's got to be some kind of happy middle ground there and i do think that's probably something that he'll work on immediately we don't need to be knocking it around the back 13 times before we before we carry on um my only concern about him is basically his ambition beyond being our manager i think he's still very well thought of and i don't think the Huddersfield managers really uh, put uh, the disasters not really kept with him. So I think if he has a great time with us, I wonder how much of another opportunity get we'll talk at him and we'll lose him eighteen two months into this. Do we have to be ready for this now in return for the like? Does that is that part of our structure now that we have to be ready? We have eighteen months, two years of success with a manager, and then we then we then we lose him, and then we get the next guy in. I think that's probably where we are now in terms of that because we're if we somebody's got us in the top ten of a of top ten of League One, like that's great, and maybe he deserves an opportunity to move on because that means that he's doing well with Vale. Um, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, however, like just generally think it's a. That it's a great appointment and probably and the best appointment that we can make. So uh, please for Carol and da- uh, and Dave and hopefully that things will push on from there. Um, and the other one, Mr. Amos, agreed to come on the pod, but forgot that he was going to see a psychic tonight. <laughs> so, which well, one of which one of you wants to start with the jokes? Because well, Steve's itching, I can see. Go on. He's on mute as well. He's, he's, he's not a psychic because he didn't see the mute button being pressed. 
Still can't hear you, Steve. Yeah. No, can't hear the thing, and you have come off mute. Very, very AirPods have disconnected, aren't they? I bet they are. Should I say for it? Go forward. Go on. Yeah, he didn't see that coming, did he? Hey. So the best thing about it is, well, I'm to tell you which psychic he's gone to see. He's gone to see Clinton Baptiste. Oh, so he's not like a real one. It's like a comedy act. Yeah, it's the one one from Phoenix Nights. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just yeah. it's, um, it's, it's ne- for best, Neil really Fitzmaurice, good. isn't it? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to um, hearing that Tom has been picked on a few times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what possibly could the shout at him? <laughs> Aspinall's just missed double twelve for a nine dart. Oh. Well, Steve, no. let's try again. No, nope. oh, he's still not at it. He'll <clears throat> it, it, just break in at some point once he's fixed it. Yeah, he's let some movement, but can't really think. Steve, maybe disconnect. Are we asking? No, he's gone. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're also joined by Andy, as you can hear. Um, so, Andy, what were your Hello. initial thoughts when you saw more? Um, I'd been because I'd heard a bit of a whisper on Saturday, and I thought, "Nah, that's daft." And then I was being pressed on the review for my thoughts, and I thought, "I'm, I'm going down a cul-de-sac here. I'm going to make myself sound stupid when he turns us down because he's far too good a man. He's not the sort of manager we tend to go for. Managers that you've heard of." Um, so I was preparing myself for, for disappointment and then we thought, well, well, maybe it'll be Sunday, maybe Monday. And then when it didn't happen by sort of Tuesday morning, you think, well, maybe they're holding it back just to try and sort of draw a line under it. Particularly if, if we got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a good going over at Peterborough, it, it probably doesn't reflect well on him and he probably wants to be unveiled after the Peterborough game so I thought maybe that was the idea but then it just sort of popped up at three o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and that was a bit of a surprise to everyone really so yeah pleasantly um surprised happy it's good to hear and cursed um feels like the first one in absolutely ages um how how's how's little one and maternity leave treated you hey up thank you um well, maternity's ended yesterday, so I've been back at work today. Um, I know when I come on before, I was set, sort of saying how hard things were, and they were, they are, aren't they? They're dead hard, but it feels different now. It was really, really sad leaving her um, because she's amazing. Um, loads of fun, but you have to sort of go back and back to reality. So, yeah, first day back at work today, I was greeted by... My lovely colleagues with a packet of discos and six cream eggs. Oh, that, that's a present in itself, isn't it? Then? What flavour discos? Salt and vinegar. Is oh, there any brilliant. other? No, I don't think there is, no. And were they all milk chocolate or did you have any white cream eggs? I've not opened them yet, but they're in the pack of six. So um, I think they're all milk because they no. say, aren't they? If you, cause you, can you win something if you find white? You can in the milk ones, but they are selling the white as well as white. I've never tried one of them. I don't fancy it. And the most important news, Kirsty, above all that, really, is did your dad appreciate his birthday message from his favourite podcast host? 
He loved it, especially <laughs> because, yeah, it was Andy, wasn't it? So we were all out in Tenerife. We had a great time. He's still there, 27 degrees. A th- his third week he's running into now. And, yeah, we met up on that night. And he says, bloody hell, they were all wishing me happy birthday. Andy wished me happy birthday. <laughs> he loved it, made his day. It was better than all the, the T-shirts we bought with happy 60th Craig on for him. Brilliant. Yeah, but what, what were your thoughts with on the manager situation then, Kirst? Because obviously, like, like Andy just said, it came a bit out of the blue, being three o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah, and especially before what we thought was going to be um, a game, it was out of the blue, um, but it was a pleasant surprise, and I couldn't help but when I was reading Mike Bagley's newsletter, which was the sort of um, the special around it all and he said something in there that really rang true with me along the lines of you know no managerial appointment would ever sort of galvanize all of the supporters and it kind of feels like this is the exception to that we all know you know the negative Norris's out there and that they'll they'll moan about even the best news and I've not really seen I don't know if I've seen anything at all negative about this appointment from any Vale fans um there might have been some you know daft negativity around it aimed at other parts but not about this actual appointment um and it it sort of feels like it, it there's been a complete u-turn from one week to the next on the whole narrative and the feeling amongst Vale fans um we, we were at the end of our tether weren't we you know week or well, certainly two weeks ago um, before there was kind of action. Um, and then now it feels as though we've got this big name. You know, it's it's a name that we know. Um, and when we're looking to, I mean, being realistic, we are in a, a bit of a relegation fight, aren't we now? And I don't know if fight is quite accurate, but we, we kind of are somewhere there. And what we needed was a big name if we could have clicked our fingers it would have been a big name someone that would have come in and and be able to rally some of these players around and get them to where we you know we need them to be and it just sort of feels a bit like if anyone can do that it's going to be Darren Moore yeah I, I was really excited by it because like when when we were talking and stuff it, it felt like there was a couple of names going around and you think well they're elite managers in our position. Darren Moore, Michael Duff, them sort of people. And then you've got your Ainsworths, Bonners and, and managers like that that you think are probably more achievable at our level. And to put to put more out, it's, it's massive credit to the club. And I think a signal of intent because mm-hmm. you don't do that on a five and a half year contract if we haven't got plans and and a bit of cash. So I think that's that's a signal from the club for me. I'm quite I'm quite happy with that. Um, but Bez, from you, obviously you you kind of stumbled across it a little later because I think you were working, weren't you, at the time? I was. So you crossed it a bit later. What what was your thoughts when you walked out that meeting? I was on cloud nine. Honestly, I was on cloud nine because when we spoke about Darren Moore, I thought it was one of them that. You talk about, but it's not achievable. Is Dan Moore's not coming to Port Vale? 
let's be honest, we're going to end up with Mark Kennedy, not Darren Moore. And Darren Moore's in. Five and a half year deal, which, as you say, massive, massive intent from the club. I said on the last podcast, if we get Darren Moore, that expels two myths. The first myth being with Skint, because one, Darren Moore isn't coming for peanuts. I'm not saying he's coming on the same money he was on in the championship. I'm sure he's on less than he was. However, he's coming for a good wage. Secondly, he's not coming if you've got a small budget next season. And again, I'm not saying we're going to have a budget that can compete with the Boltons, the Derbys, etc. But he's not coming for a bottom four budget for me. So that completely expels the myth that some people made up. And it was made up because nothing from the club ever suggested we were skint. But some people, because we didn't sign, someone said we were skint. So that's been put to bed and that's a load of bollocks. The second one is people saying Dave Flickcroft was pulling the strings and picking the team, etc. Darren Moore knocks 10 balls out of Flickcroft if he walks in Darren Moore's office and says, you've got to play him and this is the formation you play. Absolute load of rubbish. And I thought it was under Crosby. And even if Flickcroft was doing that under Crosby, I said, well, that says more about Crosby than Flickcroft because he's allowing him to do it. And he's the one that's going to live and die by the sword. So it puts that one to bed once and for all. But for me, we are in a relegation scrap case. But you said, oh, 100% we're in a relegation fight. Does getting down and more in guarantee that we're a League One club next season? No, of course it doesn't. However, it gives us the best chance of staying up. A few people have asked me, did I buy a coffee at the last home game or did I take a flask? I brought a coffee because after the podcast I ranted, we then sacked Andy Crosby, which to me told me that the club were taking this relegation battle serious. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You didn't buy a coffee. The club brought the coffee. Whoa, I'm not having that. They saw saw your little rant and the the, the nice nice and sweet talks you through with with a 200 quid win. On the raffle, so don't don't give me this. You're still not putting your money in. Out of you on that lottery, Johnny. Uh, once, mate. I've won it once. Bloody M play man's won it three times. I'll I tell know. you. I know. I've I've seen. I've won it once, and it just so happened to be the Friday before the quiz. Yeah. And to be fair, I did find out that the draw's done external of the club. <laughs> just a despite them rumours obviously it's a Port Vale lottery ran by Port Vale and all the money goes into Port Vale but no I have brought a coffee again now because when they sat Crosby that said to me we are taking this serious the appointment to Dan and Moore is incredible for me absolutely incredible proper manager proper pedigree done a great job everywhere he's been borrowed his field but probably wasn't given the time there and maybe didn't have the resource there but He's got a lot of contacts in the game. He's managing the Premier League, the Championship, League One. Good win percentages everywhere he's been. And for me, I said as well, we wanted an appointment that would galvanise the fan base and unite us. I think we've done that. So he's taken some stick of late. Big credit to Dave Flickcroft and Carroll for getting this one over the line. Yeah, massive. And Steve? Hopefully the, this is this is working now. What were your thoughts and feelings on it? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. No. no. Oh, that's good. I'm just on a car park in the center. I've got keep flashing interior lights, so uh, a <laughs> couple, couple couple of people are knocking on like a uh, strange strange atmosphere around here. No, um, it was the best appointment we could have made. Fair play to Flitcroft. Fair play to Carol. As Bezza said, we've got a manager. 
And it's something Andy said a few weeks ago. You felt that Andy Crosby could be outmanaged by the likes of um, by the likes of Daryl Clark and stuff like that. We go, we can go toe to toe with people on the manager front now, and we are in a proper relegation fight. And he's still working with one hand behind his back, but it's a great appointment for Vale. I think the five and a half year deal is a bit smoke and mirrors, to be honest, because we seem to hand these out to any manager who does half decent job for us, don't we? Um, and but and there'll be clauses in there, but it's an amazing thing for Vale to attract a man of his caliber. So well done, Flickers. Well done, Carol. Do you think on the five and a half year deal? Um, obviously, there are going to be clauses in there to protect the club because you know we, we'd be daft for that not to happen, and we know that we've got people at the running the club who were not daft. Um, but do you think as well that a big part of that is, however, that's worked money wise and financially, it's worked out best for Darren Moore? I can't really, you know, he's, he's obviously going to be on more than. Daryl Clark, I'd imagine, um, where he's come from, he's he's going to having been on a lot of money. Is is the five and a half year deal allowing us to to meet something over a longer period of time? Yeah, that that was my that was my initial thought. Where it is, it, it gives us the the stability to invest in him, so that if we if he does well, because I've seen a lot of I've seen a few people go well. It, he'll jump ship at the first opportunity he gets. He only he's only able to do that if we're doing well. So, I think if someone pays for him, but, that, but that's but that's the thing there. So if he's willing to jump ship at first opportunity, it means he's he's doing something right with us. Yeah. So we'll be in a, a much better position. He's not jumping ship if we're twentieth in League One. He's not jumping ship and leaving us for a bigger club, is he? So, um. It, it, it's one of them. So I was quite impressed by it. I get the feeling that it was structured similar to what Clark's was, which will be around the 12-month the rolling period of at any one point rather than a full five-year deal because whilst that's great for us, if for whatever reason we had to sack him paying five years off, it'd be an absolute disaster financially. Um, Sorry. And kind of like this, right? If Daryl Clark's... If, sorry. If he's on a five-year deal, Darren Moore, and let's for argument's sake say he's on 150k a year, right? And if he does a good first season, gets us promoted, somebody comes in for him. There's no way his representative will, will allow us to say you don't leave Vale unless you get the value of that contract because yeah. that's six hundred thousand pounds. That ain't happening. It's there'll be it has to be a railway deal for both parties because we like you say, Johnny, we can't afford to be paying him off six hundred grand if he's on any. You know, and also, to be fair to him, no one's going to pay six hundred and fifty grand worth of compensation, are we? If that's what the contract over five years is worth. Now, I reckon, and this is just pure speculation, but I reckon there's a break clause in for us, as in, if you were to sack him, you pay him X amount of months, whether that's three, six, what have you, and there'll be a clause in there that should a club come in for Dan and Morning wants to go, there's a set fee in there. It wouldn't be you buy out the contract. There's maybe a set fee of hundred grand, two hundred grand, whatever it is. That's my view. That makes the contract. Yeah. It it cover, covers all parties then, doesn't it? And it supports and supports both both areas. So I think I think that's really good. But obviously, we still haven't heard the makeup of the coaching staff. Now, and one thing I do think is important to say here, Johnny, is well done 
thank you to Will Ryder and his team for stepping yep. in when the club needed him. They got a point, which is probably a point more than we expected him to get. And that's no disrespect to them, but they hadn't worked with the players. Yes, they were in the club, but he's done a good job for us. The club needed him. He stepped up and well done to Will and his team. And thank you for the point. Yeah, definitely. And, and we played really well against Steve Need for, for the majority as well. And that's, yeah, they, they've got to have some credit for that, like you say. So, but yeah, coaching side now, we, we obviously have got Darren Moore. We haven't heard about the makeup. Um, do you think that there's going to be the usual suspects that follow him round, Andy? Um, or do you think he'll, he'll look elsewhere a bit like Hawk did with Crosby? I think, generally speaking, managers will go to the tried and trusted um, backup staff, you know, the, the loot lieutenants and all that. So I'd, I'd imagine he will have his own people in mind and, and he'll stick with them. I think in football, you're a bit, I don't know, he's a bit dog eat dog, isn't he? You want, you want people you know and trust implicitly. And I think Darryl, Darren, geez, Sorry about that. <laughs> I think Daryl will want his own people in, and he'll, yeah, he, he he'll be a bit wary of having people brought in to work with him. Well, for me, that that could be quite positive because Jimmy Shan um, was was a first team coach there, and he he's got obviously managerial experience at West Brom um, in in the Premier League sort of thing. So that that was interesting, and then James Smith. <laughs> Oh, bless you, Steve. Bless you. Sorry. And then J- James Smith had, follow- had followed him to majority. The one thing that interests me is that Adrian Basso is his goalkeeping coach. Well, or was his goalkeeping coach. So mm-hmm. didn't that change his Carlo Nash's position? Because obviously he was he's the only one we haven't heard anything of. And there's been a couple of rumours online um, that, that Carlo's not at the club anymore. But just didn't... If that's true, do you think do you think that's solely because of more or what? Where that would you have about? certainly gathered a lot of pace today, haven't they? The Carlo Nash is no longer at the club, and that's we can't confirm or deny. But there's no smoke without fire. So yeah. I'm really interested to see the makeup of the coaching staff, and the sooner that happens, the better. Because at the moment, as far as we're aware, he's on his own. But I have noticed that they only put a few bit. Uh, pictures out from training today so you couldn't see if there's any other coaching staff there yeah and, and on that Kirsty, do you think that the coaching staff get the same contract as Moore does because they're his people in terms of length, not money monetary wise yeah I think a big part of that will depend on um who he sort of brings in and when um I think similar to what Andy sort of said in in lots of jobs, really, if you're kind of running something and you're moving on, if you've been successful somewhere, you know there's a number of ingredients that have made that up and you'd be looking to want to almost replicate that. Um, I wonder if Darren Moore himself would, would have input into, if he did bring in his own people, the, the length of that. Um and and if he did, if if he would sort of want to be able to influence how long 
that would be and whether that that would be um important to those coaches as to whether they'd sign or not um i think it's i think it's hard to sort of speculate at the moment but if that was the the clinch then um and and he was desperate to get them in then possibly yeah i i think i think he'll want his coaching team together and It'll be really interesting once it gets announced because I saw Bag has mentioned on online that the coaching team is is there, but it just hasn't been announced what it looks like and and who it is yet. So maybe there's a couple of bits and bobs that need ironing out beforehand, and we'll we'll find we'll we'll find out. Well, at least Saturday, um, we'll we'll be able to see who's in the dugout and get on Tom's. Was it Google Lens? Was it what Tom keeps using to take pictures? Something like that. Yeah. So be able to search who these people are in the dugout. But yes, Steve. So we we've all mentioned the the, the R word. Um, I'm going to put you all bit on the spot now. I'm going to start with you, Steve. What percentage wise do you think having Darren Moore alters the relegation thing? Because I, I think a lot of fans were pretty adamant that we were going down before Darren Moore came came in. So, where would where would you put yourself now? As he's on mute, I'll answer it for him. He put himself on Biddlemore Car Park, talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm back now. Sorry, I'll smash my lights again. Um, I I thought we were going down, um, and I think that Darren Moore gives us an extra twenty percent chance. And if he keeps us up, he has done a really good job because he still hasn't got his centre forwards. He's still stuck with the same players. Where he is lucky, or appears to be lucky, Flickcroft's gone to great lengths to say how we study the data. Plant is on his way back. Ben's on his way back. Obviously, Funzo is now, now back. Loft is now on his way back, which you can take from that what you want. But it does look like he's going to get the rubber the green with some of our, our better players coming back from injury. So I think that, plus him and the uplift of having a decent manager will bring, Gives us a better chance, but I still think he's got a tough job on his hands. I really do. Where would you go, Kirst? Just... I'm more positive than than Steve's out, outlook. Um, I did think we were heading, certainly heading towards relegation. Our form was poor. Um, I think after the January transfer window, for sure, it, it felt as though for a lot of the season, that's what we were all waiting for. And then when that final day just went and we still hadn't got a, a striker in of what we, the, the sort of calibre, what we were looking for, it did, it did feel like that's where we were heading. I think, I think we'll get that new manager bounce from somebody like Darren Moore. I don't think he's going to come in quietly and try and set out his 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 stall slowly. I think he'll come in with a bang. Um and I think he'll he, 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 all of his interviews are about determination, togetherness. And similar in some ways to Daryl Clark, a lot of you know how he spoke was always about the club, everybody around the club, the supporters, everybody getting together. And you feel as though he'll be able to ride off that kind of fighting spirit and getting everybody up for for the game, as well as having that added extra of what Steve said about a few players being on their way back now. 
So fifth, I think fifty percent. I'd go at fifty percent increased chance. Fair enough, Andy. What, what same same to you? It's a tricky one, really. I can't really put a number on it like Steve did, so I can't throw twenty percent at you as as a, as a number. Um, what is is the glaring issue is that we haven't got enough goals in the side, so we're not going to just. I don't think we're going to start hitting the back of the net instantly. I don't think he can flick a switch that makes us a free scoring side all of a sudden. It might be very similar to when Clark came in, where we drew a lot. Um, we didn't... How, how many games was it? Eight games before Clark won? But we yeah. did... We, we ground out a lot of draws, a lot of clean sheets, and it could be that incrementally we get better and better every game. And at some point it clicks and then we start just outscoring our opponents again in tight games, 1-0, 2-1s here and there. And as soon as that started happening for Clark, it all just fell into place a little bit in that springtime. So that's what we probably need to be doing because I don't think we're going to start scoring for fun. Um, I had something else I was going to say as well, but it completely escaped my mind. So now it's gone. Fair enough, but yeah, I, th- I think f- for me, um, I'm I'm a lot more confident now. Bez, yeah, a lot more confident than I am than I was, should I say? Um, yeah. Doesn't guarantee us anything. Doesn't guarantee we're going to stay in the league. As already pointed out, he's still got the same players to go with as it stands, unless we can bring a free agent in from somewhere. However, the players coming back from injury, I think we've got enough to stay up. I even said when Crosby was here, I thought playing-wise we've got enough to stay up. So I don't see any reason he can't keep us up. But we're in a dogfight in the next two games are massive. Darren it's, Moore can't afford to go eight games without a win. I, I know I know that. It's just, I, I just think he's going to have to sort of piece it all together slowly and we're going to... I can't see him being a honeymoon type of manager. But I don't know. You, you never do think you're going to get a honeymoon when you get a new manager do you so what I was going to say is that earlier in the season we ground out a lot of results even like at a peak as of late August September we were just good at getting one nils you know weren't really sort of going mad goal scoring wise but we kept it fairly solid and we need to go back to something like that I think that's the best hope of, of of getting results really isn't it yeah, similar to Carlisle at home. That... Yeah, those sort of games, Northamptons, your um, Reddings. Yeah, there, there was a lot of games where, or you know, even Oxford, where we, you know, we had a bit of the rub um, late on. But yeah, I don't think we're all of a sudden going to start going mad. Well, if he does get if he does get ten goals out of Ryan Loft between now and the end of the season, what we're saying, night him. Um. I don't know. He'd probably become a saint, really. You know, if he gets, you need a certain amount of miracles attributed to you to become a saint, don't you? So, um, that that would be incredible. Literally. Interestingly, on Ryan Loft, I had someone that watched a lot of him at Bristol Rovers watch mm-hmm. one of our games and messaged me and said, "We use him completely different to how Bristol did. Now they got the best out of him." He says, watching us, we play to his head and ask him to flick it on. He says, at Bristol, they played it into the channels and asked him to turn defenders and run at him. And that's how they got the best out of him. 
So who knows? Darren Moore might come in and go, you play, you're not playing to the bloke's strengths. And let's be honest, we've said it on here. Some Vale fans, doesn't matter what he does, will always slag him off. He actually was winning 90% of his aerial battles, but there was no one around him. But maybe you just tweak the way you play to him. And it's a clean slate for Ryan Loft. It's a clean slate for Dan Jones, who didn't get a look in under Crosby. It's a clean slate for the Yak, who didn't get a look in under Will Ryder. But every player now has got proved to him on the training pitch what they can do. And Ryan Loft's in there. There's no reason why Ryan Loft can't go and score five goals between now and the end of the season. Yeah, that, that, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think there is... We, we have got a bunch of players now who have got something to prove as well. And um, I think the only one thing I want to say is, like, Pierce mentioned the negativity being limited. There's been, there's been a couple and stuff like that. Um, and, like, I think what people have got to remember is this isn't the first time Darren Moore's worked under a director of football. This isn't... This isn't the first time that Darren Moore will be expected to shape up as a three-five-two manager, so that's nothing new. So I think he is the perfect fit for Port Vale Football Club. I really do. He, he spoke the family ethos. He spoke the community ethos really well. And yeah, that could be a bit of PR spiel of, oh, ego, Darren. Can you just say say these bits and pieces as well as your own thoughts? But we'll never know that. You don't not, but we won't know. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the way he came across in his interview was was really good. So, Chris, just before we let you you shoot off, what are your final thoughts on the Darren Moore appointment? Yeah, I'm chuffed a bit. You said earlier it sort of showed the club's intentions, um, and and I don't think I ever really lost my head over stuff. Um, leading up to the sacking of Crosby. I was disappointed with everything that happened in the transfer window, but I did always kind of feel like there must have been reasons behind things, especially from sort of Carol's perspective. Um, But this, I do think, has really set out the club's intentions. I think they are definitely taking it serious now that we were heading into a relegation battle. I don't think that that the owners of the club will want us to go back down to League Two. I think a lot of work and effort went into getting us here, even if it was a season earlier than expected. Um, and I don't think they'd easily let that sort of slide. Um, and everything about this appointment, not just him as a person, I think it's everything in terms of Vale's brand even, that will will change as a result of this. Um, I was listening to Flipcroft earlier, talking to Dan on the Vale podcast, and he was speaking about how there's probably less chance that they'll miss out on some players going forward. And, and I don't think that'll necessarily be the case for all players, but he gave some examples of strikers that we'd missed out in, on in January, and, you know, who knows the full story to all of that? Um, obviously, Dave Flipcroft will be wanting to defend himself during that podcast. But I imagine that going forward, part of the sway of moving towards Port Vale is going to be knowing that you're working for a manager that that you know you've heard of. Players will know other players that have played for him. And I certainly get the impression that, that players are pleased with 
how he is. They like him as a, as a manager and that'll get around. Um, so all in all, at this point in time, I'm really pleased um, and, and still can't quite believe it really, but we better believe it because it's true and it's happening. So best of luck to him. I think the first thing is is to keep us up and then, you know, reset over the summer and take it from there. Yeah. And Kirst, you say you never lost your head before. That's because you're level-headed like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. I sort of did. I couldn't believe it on that final day of the transfer window. I couldn't believe that. And I did expect, I did think there would need to be some kind of statement or some um real communications with the fans of what had happened what had actually gone wrong and then there wasn't there was silence and then it's all kind of led to this and it sort of feels like yeah it's brought a bit more time for things and I think supporters have definitely sort of you can see the light at the end of the tunnel I think are much more with this and it's calmed supporters down and I think it's even brought in some you know, some hope as well for going forward. Yeah, 100% for me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So we'll let you go. And then... Okay, nice seeing you all. And you. Bye for now. And then we'll carry on until Steve's finished his, um, finished his um, business, shall we say. Yeah. But... There's been there's been a shitload of stuff that's gone on this week. Um, I'm going to start away from Vale with two things. TNT Sports has become the new home of the FA Cup. So now what many people feel as the greatest cup competition in the world is now behind a paywall again. What's your thoughts on that? Is that is that the death now of the FA Cup, Bez? Oh, they solely got it. There's no, no. There's there's no BBC, no ITV. They've they've what they've said is that any games that aren't at three o'clock will be available, will will be available to watch on 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 TV, and there will be a select free select number of free to air games. Right. Well, I oh. believe the FA Cup final is protected in law. And the FA Cup yeah. final has to be available on terrestrial TV. Well, they, they've said they've, they've said it w- will be free to air the FA Cup, whether that's terrestrial TV or right, via, free to air, yeah, like yeah. they've done Champions League before. But yeah, it's sad for me because I'm sort of the days where the FA Cup meant something. The FA Cup Premier League teams put the strongest side out, and you go and test yourself against them. Unfortunately, we're in 2024 now, and as much as I love the FA Cup and love the prestige of it and that, the nail's been in the coffin for a long time. The Premier League have already asked and already got granted that certain rounds there's no replays, which I don't believe in. The FA Cup has always had replays, and it's an opportunity for a lower league club to potentially draw a big side at home and somehow get them back to their ground. Yeah, you're probably going to lose when you get them back to their ground, but you get the payday. So to me, the FA Cup's been tinkered with too much. Football's tinkered with too much now. League Cup back in my day, and Andy will remember, it was always a two-legged affair. We drew Man United when they put the kids out. We played them home and away, and we got the money from both legs. Unfortunately, that's changed. And it's modern football for you. It's all about what suits the big boys now, not 
what's best for the football pyramid. Fair, and we won't get into the the, the replays debate again. I think we've had that. We've we've done that one yeah. to death. Um, but yeah, Andy, what? Where does the magic of the FA Cup now lie? I don't know. It, it tends to whatever happens, the FA Cup tends to just create its own drama, and, and it it still manages to just do it. No matter how many people tinker with it and, and try and, and change things, it just tends to work. Uh, but it is really disappointing. I mean, the TV coverage of the FA Cup has been a bit terrible for a while. It might actually work in, in a bizarre way, work in, in its favour because when games have been on terrestrial TV, we get the same teams picked no matter who they play. Um, United, Liverpool, the usual suspects who bring in the biggest advertising revenue for ITV. So they'll they'll pick Liverpool no matter who they've got, whether it's Premier League team, League One, League Two Championship, home or away, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're on the telly. But it's just all the relentless tinkering. You know, I, I'm I know we're, I'm not going to get into the replay side of it, but that was just one of the examples of where the big teams, the big clubs and their interests have, have managed, managed to ruin part of the tradition of, of the FA Cup. You know, yeah, you, you earn the right to take, you know, you get a draw away from home, you earn the right to take them back to your place and have a replay. But um, all, all the moaning about too many matches, that isn't happening anymore. I'm, I, I don't like it, but... I get the feeling the FA Cup will just find a way of um, surviving somehow, but it's just feels like the FA Cup needs saving from, from the FA at the minute. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Whether you've been Super Vale away or you've been in Burslem at the mother town watching the Vale play at home, Johnny, you can always have a McDonald's on the go or delivered right to your door. You can indeed. And where'd you get them from, Bez? You go to McDelivery. I've said it right on this one. Go over to the McDonald's app and get yourselves one. Johnny, what are the T's and C's? It's participating restaurants only. You have to be 18 plus. Saving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, yeah, for me, like the FA Cup is is always it should should always be three o'clock on a, on a Saturday. The final should, and that's that's already gone, so that they can have a Premier League game beforehand or. It should also be on its own day after the season's after ended. After the season, yeah, it yeah. should be the final kick of the season. Yeah. No, when you've got league games in the weeks after the FA Cup final, that's daft. That's stupid. Agreed. I remember, I remember Vale's last game of the season 
um, I think we beat Oxford 3 0. It was that game when um, Martinez was in goal for Oxford and getting in the pub and the FA Cup finals on at about half five in the afternoon. It's like, that's not right. It just, no. yeah, all these little things. And you talked about replays, Bez. I don't know if you quite remember the days when before the police insisted on 10 days between the original game and the replay and you could have your replay on the Tuesday night after the Saturday and it was just like right we're playing that Tuesday and also if that was a draw you'd get another replay and you keep doing replays until eventually you get a result you know there were some absolute mammoth ties back in the day but yeah just the buzz you'd get from I remember like you know there was a all, all the crowd had a massive sort of sense of anticipation because you get a, you draw on the Saturday, you were straight into the replay on Tuesday, and and that just sort of there wasn't a lull where you had to prepare for your next league game and then come back to the cup tie. It was just there and it was immediate, and it's a shame that went really because that was that was electric. Yeah, it was before my time, but even in my time, though, your FA Cup ties your attendances would be the same, if not more, than the league. It's not that you get 2,000 less or at Vale, et cetera, because they aren't bothered about the FA Cup. It meant something. You wanted a cup run. You wanted that big tie. You wanted to test yourselves against the big boys and make some money. Whereas we still do. But, I mean, this is for another day in another podcast. But they won't get rid of the replays because they play too many games. But then they're extending the European competition so they play more European games. So why is it that the play too many domestic games and it's harmful for the players but actually when it's two million pound a match in Europe oh, we can play them extra games but we can't do it when it suits the domestic pyramid load of bollocks yeah I mean when when it was a cup tie when it was a Saturday uh, cup game you get some cracking tendencies I remember um, you look back on some of the attendances and I've seen the numbers but I couldn't tell you them off the top of my head I think when Macclesfield came to Vale in the game that John Rudge had to win to avoid getting sacked, there was something like over 10,000. It was a five-figure gate. Remember, we got Stafford at home one year and we got a decent gate against... You know, people had turned out. People you know, were up for the cup. It's, it's, there's a bit of a buzz. It's, you know, the league form goes out the window. Your league goes to one side and it's just, it's just great, isn't it? Cup football's brilliant. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it's, it still is. I mean, you, you, knockout football, you know, the, the playoffs, the, the the amount of edge that that created. Oh, the playoffs, unbelievable. I yeah, love the playoffs. Absolutely love the playoffs. And to be fair, you look at that night at Mansfield, and no Bale fan will say, you know, that wasn't a great night. That was good cup football. But then you look at the Middlesbrough game and go, fucking hell, that was shit. <laughs> but yeah, so. That'll be interesting to see how it develops. Next one. Interesting transfer rumour regarding an ex-player is, is showing its head today. Apparently Liverpool are interested in Ollie. Oh, Ollie, Ollie. So. I wouldn't say if Tom will slide in his DMs and get me and you a couple of tickets. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping so. Ollie, if you're listening, me and Johnny have got a soft spot for Liverpool. Yeah. He might be able to get tickets for Taylor Swift at Anfield as well. I couldn't give a shit about that. Oh, my friend's been badgering me. It's a 
if do I know anyone who could any Liverpool season ticket holds anyone can get a ticket for Taylor Swift apparently I don't know why she's picked Liverpool it's a bit of a weird one but you know fair play perhaps she's in the fuck the Tories camp yeah maybe maybe but yeah I mean to me Ollie's got all the potential and do I think he could pull on a Liverpool shirt and play for Liverpool two or three years time 100% to do when he's got the potential he'd learn a lot from being there I think his future for the next 12 months or so lies it. Sheffield will do his hometown club and he'll want to play for. Yeah, I think it'll do him well as well, staying at Sheffield United for for that extra 12 months, like you say, because he'll get a lot of football. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting. There's not, not, not very often you see players play for Port Vale in December and then be linked with Liverpool in February, is it? So, yeah, I'm biased. I think he probably will be able to at some point play for a club like Liverpool if he carries on and and you know does nothing daft and and properly fulfills his potential. You saw Jude Bellingham go at a ridiculously young age to Borussia Dortmund, so it is possible. Um, maybe they're just sort of following him and and just seeing how it goes for a bit. Maybe they're not actively looking to sign him, but. He's just one of those players who you just sort of keep an eye on, see how it goes. Mark his card. Yeah, and I bet I bet a couple of people from the uh, the, the quiz night are rubbing their hands at the rumour as well, aren't they? Oh, I bet they are. I bet they are both that ended up with his boots. Yeah, that that them, them, them boots might be sneaking up in value if it becomes a, a Liverpool first team player as well. Well, yeah, because then that probably leads to an England first team player, or it's certainly an England squad call up. Yeah, at some stage. So, be um, happy days. But yeah, I think he is. He is one. Like, there's there's not many lone players, if any, in the past probably twenty years that you can look back on really fondly. I know that pre that there was a couple that Vale fans talk about, like Chris Killen, for example, and. Play, players like that that people look back on fondly but the lone players for me you look at bloody Craig James and Tony Denny and stuff like that in the last 20 years and it's like they ended up signing for us they were that bad so but I think yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to see what Ollie does and if he does end up there really good luck to him but the, the sky is the limit for him I'd say yeah and if he gets there we'll have him back on the podcast just so we can say we've got Liverpool playing on the oh. podcast oh yeah definitely um, and then just a couple more bits before we move on to Cheltenham. Um, have you seen the Terry's edition on Twitter? They've released the Port Vale blog, would you say, um, about yes. visiting? Have you seen that, Andy? I've seen the link. I've read about a paragraph. Then I realised it was going to be a big read. I was busy working today, so I've parked it for later. So... I'm going to try and have a look at a quiet moment a bit later, either tomorrow or maybe tonight if I'm not too tired. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic read. And I'm, I've made one of the pictures. Did you? Yeah, the picture, the picture where he's in the ammo, taking yeah. it across the paddock. You can see, you can see me, and, uh, me, me and Phil stood up together. Uh, whenever it actually looked that close. But I read it and I thought it was a fantastic read. And How were you able to spot yourself? I don't know, mate. <laughs> well, luckily, I was we- I was wearing one of one of my few bright jackets. So, 
yeah, if anyone hasn't read it, I've retweeted it. Has the podcast retweeted it, Johnny? Yeah, the podcast retweeted it. And I've also spoke, and I know Tom's been on Radio Stoke, who's, re- who's written it today. Yes. Um, he's also, I spoke to him and said in a couple of weeks' time, we'll get him on just to talk about it a bit, yeah. in a bit more detail and just, just get a bit of an outside point of view on Port Vale. Because I know everything is written, but it'd be nice to hear his, his thoughts and feelings and, and stuff like that. So we are going to speak to Tom and, and get him on in a few weeks. I so. have been following that account for a, for a while, actually, since um, something popped up on my timeline that got retweeted and it was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give these a follow. And then it's, it's really good read. They, they like to go around clubs and find, you know, whatever it is culturally where, where the soul of football is or, or any of that sort of thing. And they've been around a lot of clubs, both here and abroad, and just looking for those quirky things. It's nice little sort of write up with a, with a few decent photos, and he takes a good photo. I don't know if it, I assume it's him as well, um, doing the photos. But yeah, it's 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 all sort of football culture. It's um, a bit like um, dare I say because they're probably a rival of those, but like Mundial and all them other sort of magazines, they they, they do a nice job of encapsulating what it is that makes certain football clubs special and even even us with you know it's a little bit grim you know that that's your that's a shtick isn't it that's your angle you know stoke on trent um but it's old school it's reassuring the old school the veil you know it's not really touched by progress or or any modern football nonsense until you get in and see the massive screen. Oh yeah, well you have to have one or two concessions to it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, I I really enjoyed it and like just reading it made you proud as well of some of the things because like we I don't think I think we do take stuff for granted sometimes being 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 local and stuff like that and the fact that the area has got such a great heritage that's kind of been a bit unloved recently by everyone. And it's nice to see someone from outside the area come in and celebrate it. And the only thing I wasn't too too convinced about, and I do need to speak to him about, was what was going on with the oatcakes in the pocket the next morning. Yeah. yeah I'm, a bit, I'm, a bit concerned, I'm a bit concerned by why he's keeping them in the pocket. Yeah. And I'm hoping he warmed them up and not just ate them cold. So mm. that, 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 that is a question for Tom when we when we do get to speak to him. Yeah, um, 100%. Um, just that was the last thing before we move on to Cheltenham. So I've got a few. I've got a few first. Thought you had Darren Moore's interview. Yes. What a bloke he comes across as. Comes across a bloke you run through a brick wall for. What did you make of him sending one of his delegates to sit in the crowd and you know incognito suss out the place? And I tell you what, it shows how important that atmosphere was Saturday. Because if he did have turned bad. Would that have scuppered the deal? Yeah, if it, if it was late in Orient on the Tuesday, I don't think we would have been signing him, would we? Let's be fair. The fact he's got delegates in the first, so I haven't got any delegates who I can send to scope out a potential job. That's because uh, you're not down and more. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and amongst the, the WhatsApp comments I've had from, from mate, I'm in a WhatsApp group with um, a Huddersfield fan and a Sheffield Wednesday fan, amongst others. So I've had a bit of feedback. And, you know, he's working through all, all that group one by one in the last year or so. But after after a couple of gripes about his style of football, they said, 
but he is a lovely man. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a he's a great bloke. So that that was like the how they ended um, that particular conversation. Is everyone says he's a lovely man. I think we all know he's he's man management. Barry Bannon. What was it he said about? Um, he he gave us the 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 confidence to believe when when they were four 0 down in aggregate after the first leg. So it's just that sort of. How, how he treats players and how, how, how he'll hopefully get the the best out of them from a man management side of it. Yeah. Thought yeah. Him, but go on, Johnny. Well, as I say, I I just thought he come across like he cared, and I know that it's it's it's, it's, it's I suppose it's easy to say the right things. You know I mean, I assume that the career he's had, he will have had some some form of media training and stuff like that. So it's easy to say the tick box conversations but it felt like he cared it felt like he came across as a bloke that really really wouldn't have taken the job if if he didn't feel everything that he's saying he did so it's yeah it was a really important interview and like the stuff that he said about the delegate was was important because it makes you think that he's he's willing to be close to the fans and i mean i'm interested to see what this I'm coming over to speak to all the fans. Looks like on Saturday, because he does he does say that in his interview. Mm. So I'm in, I'll be interested to see what that looks like because obviously it's it, it, it's yeah it, it it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? If 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 the result hasn't been great or if he's doing it before, I don't know. But yeah, that's gonna that that's gonna be really really interesting. Um, so yeah, I was I was pleased with it. He talks a good game like you'd expect, but football's a results business. Yeah, it just goes show you how much the crowd actually impact things because I fully believe had the atmosphere as you say been the same as Tuesday, Darren Moore goes now. This isn't the club for me. But we yeah. said on Saturday we thought the fans were fantastic, and they helped get the deal over the line in that way. That he sent someone. It was the right atmosphere. The fans did spur the players on to get that two all. I fully believe that. Except we'd have gone toxic at two one, we'd have probably lost that game four one. And it, yeah, and now this galvanises the fan base. Everybody pretty much is behind more than I've seen. The odd gripe, but I don't get that. But hey, everyone's entitled to an opinion. Um, but everyone's behind him, and let's go from there. Go on, Andy. You were going. I was just going to say. Um... The late penalty plays a big part in that. It would have been a completely different atmosphere after the game if if we'd have lost two one. Yeah, probably. One or two gripes would have come out. I think I think a lot of people were holding back on the other Tuesday against Leighton Orient, um, and I think there were people holding back until the end of the game. And had we lost, it would have been a different mood. Yeah, I think it wouldn't. Do you know what? I resign myself to the fact that. If, as director of football, Dave Flickcroft got us to the Premier League, there'd be a section of fans that were still calling for his ads. Some fans he will never do anything right on. Everybody's listened to the pop well, not everybody, but those who have listened to the podcast for the last two, three years know I wasn't a big fan of him at first. But actually, you look at the work he's done. Has January been a shit show? Yes, it has. Listen to the podcast that he's released with Dan today, and it gives you a better background to what's gone on. It's not through lack of trying, and we never thought it was. It needed addressing. They've done it. He's done a lot more positive at this club than he's done negative. And anyone that thinks he hasn't, give your little head a wobble and ask if there's anything inside it. 
because he's taken us from a relegation-threatened League Two side with help of others to a side that, yes, relegation-threatened League One, but we're a league above. The club has moved on massively. The pitches come on. The training zones come on. There's been a lot of good work. The academies come on. Yes, some players that were already within the academy, but there's a lot of good going on there. New staff in. We're in a much better position than when he come in the club. Does that mean he's got everything right? Absolutely not. Does that mean you can't criticise him? Absolutely not. But some of it, and some people, especially online, go way over the line and then don't show up to the fans' forums. That's your opportunity to go and ask questions. If you're going to be that... And to be fair, he said on the podcast today, if anyone wants to, all you need to do is turn up at reception, ask, speak to him, and he'll have a cup of coffee with you in the chat. So those that are 100% against him, some, I believe, it's because they don't want a direction of football, full stop. And I've said on here before, if Dave Flickcroft was to leave Port Vale, we are hiring another director of football, 100%. And I'd expect us to, and I'd want us to, because that's modern football. But if you're unsure, take him up on the offer. Go down the club and have a coffee with him. Have a chat with him, because me and Johnny have done that as we recorded the pod. And actually, he's a really nice bloke. And what comes out, and if you've been the fans' forums, what comes out is the love and support he has for this club, and he wants to progress the club. And again, will he make mistakes? Of course he will. But do I ever believe he makes mistakes because he's trying to harm the club? Absolutely not. And that's coming from someone, as I've said on here before, that I wasn't his biggest fan at all. But listen to that pod tonight and then make your own mind up, is what I'd say. And if you go and do it online, don't hide behind an alias. Go to the club and have a chat with him in person. But the other thing I want to bring up to you too. There's a rumour gathering pace tonight, and it's purely a rumour. We've got nothing to say. It's right or wrong. Dwight Dale. <laughs> yeah. Um, weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Although he has worked with Janet Moore at West Brom. He Maybe has. that's why it's a rumour, because he's worked with him before. He has. 34. So, probably not one for... Longer term, is it? Yeah, uh, a five and a half year contract, is he? No, that's 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 more than fair. Look, he scored goals at the majority of the clubs he's been at, barring the last one. Um, but we all know that that's that place is toxic anyway. We we we've seen we've seen that we've all got friends that are Stoke fans and stuff like that, and we know that they've got problems bigger than any manager because they've brought in the biggest names available to them and, and they fought miserably. They brought in managers that are doing well at other clubs and they fought miserably. So I won't hold anything against him um, if he signs. But yeah, he, you're bringing in goals, aren't you? You're bringing in goals. He's 34, 18 months. If he's, if he's happy with that, with the proviso that probably next year he's He's going to be looking at dropping down the pecking order or not playing Saturday, Tuesday sort of thing. And yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. Um, it'd certainly help, in my opinion, to to solve the goal scoring issue. And I'd love to see him and Willow next to each other. Yeah. I'm with you. For me, if you can get him and 
even if it's a six-month contract to the end of the season, imagine even six months now, is it? But if it's a contract to the end of the season where they provide, so do you know what? If you play this many games to score this many goals, we'll give you an extra 12 months. That could be the difference between relegation and staying up. So if we can get him, if he doesn't bankrupt us, because we all know he was on 40 grand a week at Stoke, then, and obviously we're not going to be paying him that anywhere near that. So if we can get him on an affordable contract that works for us, works for him, the more options we've got up front at the moment, the better for me. And Well, just to add, he's a player that's also going to be fit. Yes. Because he's he's been in and around recently. Not not like obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my nose up if Connor Wickham walks through the door in the next couple of days, but I'd also be very worried that he's got six, seven months that since he last trained with a professional football club. Yeah. Where Gale, Gale's now probably what, two weeks without training at training at Stoke. And I'd if he's serious about getting a club, he's probably probably been somewhere because we hear a lot of the, these footballers end up at other places, don't need to keep fit. Yeah, yeah. And for me, my Stoke fan mates who I trust their opinion say his legs have gone. But you know what? On a, we don't need someone with legs. We need someone that's going to be a fox in the box that will put it in. And League One football is a completely different animal to championship football. We saw that when we played Middlesbrough. Yeah. Andy, anything to add? Uh, yeah, um, just that we need a striker who knows where the net is. Um, so he, he does, you know, he's consistently scored goals in his career. In, in We need a striker who, who can make the right runs, know where, where he needs to be at the right time and just, just breeze into the right places and just just finish. If I, th- I think it's, it's movement off the ball. If he can just, yeah, um, make the right run, he'll get on the end of crosses. And you'll score goals. Um, it's a hell of a lot of an ask. I, I, you know, I didn't expect us to get Darren Moore, and we did. I wasn't really expecting us to, to go and go for a free agent like Dwight Gale, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, and just to finish that section off, as I said at the start, purely a rumour that's gathered paste online. We know nothing. There's no inside information. I just thought it was an interesting rumour. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think we know we need players. There's still a couple, a couple out there, and it it would be nice. It'd be nice if in the next couple of days we 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 see a couple couple come through the door, maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah. So we'll move on to Cheltenham. Um, brought to you by Andy's Andy's Taxis. So if you uh, if you're looking at going away. Contact Andy, Andy PVFC on Twitter um, or Andy's Taxis.co is his website. Um, he, he will pretty much take anyone anywhere um, unless he doesn't like the side of your name, like Jamie, and he'll he'll find someone else to do his work for him. Because he's, he's too dicko recently, didn't he? So, yeah, and cursed. Yeah, did an airport run for Curse the other week. Yeah, picked Cursed up. So, um, Really, really good. He will talk. He will talk veil with you as well the whole journey. So, um, it gives you some, give you something to look forward to, or maybe just ask him not to if it's if it's been really, really bad recently. But yeah, get get on to Andy's taxis. Yeah. So on to Cheltenham. Going to start with the referee. 
for the weekend. The referee is Sam Perkis. Um, he's refereed us three times this season. Once, has already been mentioned today, was uh, not three times a season, that's a lie. Three times in total. We're unbeaten in all three games. And the last time he refereed us was this season, and it was Oxford away. Uh, so he did okay there. Yeah. I think he got he got he got all the decisions right and from what we can remember. Yeah, I got the penalty right for us, got their red card right, although if I remember right, it was either the line or the fourth official give that. Yeah. Yeah, what I remember did a decent job that day. Oh, two red cards. Obviously the left back got sent off at the end as well, didn't see Greg Lee. He did. So yeah, and again, it was right decision. Yeah, what I remember that day, had a decent decent game. Yeah, so that that let, let's hope that we're saying saying the same thing at the end of the game. Um, not like was it COVID season, wasn't it? Where the ref, the liner, gave a penalty for Mitch Clark, and um, the ref overturned it. Yes, which cost which cost us the playoffs that season. Yeah, I reckon that that them the extra two points would have seen us just sneak inside that playoff position, wouldn't it? Bond points per game, I reckon. Yeah, instead of Northampton, who ended up getting promoted. Yeah, but yeah, so. There is that there, there is the referee. Now it'd be remiss of us not to talk about what's what's happening this weekend. Um it's it, it was always going to be this game, wasn't it? Let's it some some things just happen. It's it, it's as daft as when you look at Super Sunday find that they they find out that the, the two man the Manchester and the Liverpool derby are on, on, on the same weekend something, but it's the game, the home game closest to the anniversary of Ali's death and Cheltenham are planning on doing something for, for Daryl and it had to be us, didn't it? And couldn't think of couldn't think of a, a game that's going to have more mixed emotions with it being Moore's first game, this being being Clark in general because the fans love him and then, then, then this for, for Ali. It's going to be it's going to be a a strange lead up to kick off, I reckon. So, yeah. but yeah, so we just got to ask people get in early, support it, and then, you know, whatever Cheltenham do, because they haven't announced anything, but I've seen a lot of their fans talking about arranging something. Um, whatever, whatever they do, we'll obviously fully back it, and it'll be an emotional, but. Yeah, it's it's always, it's always gonna we're always gonna have that bond with Daryl, aren't we? Like, of course we are. Of course we are. He's a great manager, but obviously, even better person. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it wasn't the anniversary this week, it still would have been a a, a very sort of poignant moment where where you he, he would have come up to the away fans and. And clapped us, and he would have got a great reception because he still enjoys that. And we we saw that at the home game earlier in the season that he still enjoys that relationship with the fans. I think anything anything that does happen this weekend will obviously have to be according to the wishes of his family um, and, and and himself. And I don't I don't know what what he would prefer. Really, he might be minded to just block that out and, and try and get on with the game and, and have as normal an afternoon. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how he wants to approach that, but it it's 
it's entirely for for him. But he 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 should he he knows that everyone at Vale wishes him you know well wishes him sends the love to him. And so, um, after that, we 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 we, 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 we can't remember where it's at. Um, we have got a game of football, obviously. So, the last five ga- five results versus Cheltenham, we've won one, drew two, lost two. So, we haven't got the best of results there. the The last time we won at Cheltenham was when Popey scored the hat trick. Um, in a 3-1 victory, I think, was the FA Cup, was it? Was the FA Cup, yeah. yeah. So that was the last time we won there, I think. I think it was, I think it could have been 2019. Was the year uh, we went and played Man City, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was 19-20. Yeah, 19-stroke 20. Is it 19-20? The, the COVID season, the curtailed season. So yeah, that, that, was, that was the last time we won there. I thought it was when we went on to play Man City. Yeah, that was in in the cup that season, and then yeah, we went the in the league and we. Short for COVID. Yeah, that was in the. Yeah, cup. Yeah. Then we went to play him in the le- league, and got a nil nil. Yeah. Well, I didn't realise the season we played Man City in the FA Cup was the season that got cut short for COVID. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, you know. It was, I think this. It was a highlight of me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, you've baffled me then. I could have sworn it was the year before, or even the year before that. But about to your knowledge, Andy, you have a better memory than me. Yeah, mind blown. Mind blown. There you go. Bez's mind's blown. Form table is going to blow your mind even more. Uh, more, more, Thanks. more. They they've got six points from five games. We've got two from five games. So. Up there, value. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? I think that's the, that's the big thing. Um, we we usually taught the starting eleven. Now we don't we just don't know what Darren Moore's going to do. But I'm going to instead of asking you what the starting eleven would be, I'm going to ask you: Do you think there's going to be any? Any surprise changes made? So, Bez, start with you. Anything that you look at and go, oh, didn't expect that? It's hard to say, isn't it? Because, one, we haven't got that many players fit and available. I know Flickcroft's touched on a few on the way back. I'd be very surprised if sort of Garrity's rushed back in, if Lance's rushed back in to start. If, so with the players we've got available, I can't really see what massive shocks there could be. He's got plenty of centre-halves picked from. So who's he going to go with there? I imagine he'll stick with Smithy as club captain. I don't see any change there. So who's he putting next to him? As the Yaks got a clean slate, obviously hasn't made the squad the last two games. Dan Jones is fit. Does he fancy him? It's going to be interesting to obviously work with Alex Martin before at uh, Chef Wednesday. So does he fancy him? But that would be harsh on Gab Massey from his last game. And I'm sure Darren Moore's watched the 90 minutes of the last game to get a feel for who was playing while who wasn't. So for me, Massey keeps his place. I can't see any major changes now. 
Fair enough. Andy, can you see any major shocks? Um, yeah, I think Bez is right that the only real scope we've got to make any changes is probably central defence because that's the only place where it doesn't really pick itself. And there's there's nobody necessarily sort of head and shoulders above the rest. They're all in a bit of a state, really. They all seem to be out of form. Possibly Yak could come straight back in. Jones could come in. Um, Smith, you don't know. He he got rested the other week. Um, he's not been brilliant the last few weeks, I'd, I'd say. I think he's been below par. But yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for all these central defenders because they're now being managed by somebody who... I mean, to be fair, they were when when Crosby was manager, but now they've got a big Darren Moore who knows their position and can maybe give them a fresh perspective and something different, and it might um, change one or two players for the better in that position. I, I don't know. Uh, there's there's a good chance that he's he's looked at scouting data, he's looked at numbers. And he's approaching it with maybe um, different perceptions that other managers have who've probably watched more of the players. He's not coming in with any um, bias or prejudice. You know, he's he'll he, he'll look at a player, he'll look at Gav Massey, and he'll see his numbers first and foremost, and he'll he'll probably form an, a first impression based on data. So um, he's gonna have a lot of his own ideas i i, I don't know it, it wouldn't be a surprise if if we could see it coming anyway no that's true so um bez yeah avtimings.com just before we get there i have got summit along the lines of running that i do need to mention and push and well I'm not doing anything. Don't be fucking daft. Um, but Tom Well is running the Manchester Half Marathon. Um, and he's uh, he's running it for Mind. So he's got a Just Giving page that we'll share out. Um, and yeah, I just think that if anyone can, see, we, we've spoken about Mind a hell of a lot, haven't we, on here and, and said that what 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 a good charity is and, and the great work it does. So if anyone can, then pop a bit of money towards that. The podcast itself will do. Um, I haven't spoke to you about it yet, Bez, but the podcast itself will do. Um, great cause. And I've said on here before, a charity that I've actually used myself. So I've been for counselling at Mind in the past when I've needed it. And they were brilliant. So yeah, 100% we'll be supporting that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll 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 share it out and we'll keep sharing it up until the Manchester Half Marathon. So anyone that can can donate, every pound counts. Yeah, hundred percent. Great course. So yeah, abtiming.com, Some races coming up. If you, Tom, if you won't get a practice off in just for training before then, mainly Half Marathon start of April. So that'd be a little training jog to get in. Um, the Port Vale fun run, Johnny. Can we interest in that? Only five k. You can interest me in it, yeah. How much pay me? Well, no, it's to support AB Timing, one of our sponsors, and the club. Yeah, but how much you pay me for running? 
I'll, I'll pay every time it's to enter, but how much are you pay me for running it? 5k. Four, that is. If you did not, I'd pay you running it. I'm not paying you for a 5k. 5k is quite a while, quite a distance. 3.1 mile. Exactly. You could be you get you get quite far away from home then, mate. Maybe you can do the family fun run with George. How far is that? 1k. Which is 0.6 mile. Fair enough. I reckon, I, I reckon I've got that in me. Because that was a good gadget who listened to the pods. He ran that last year. So, yeah, the family fun run is only 0.6k. You can do that with your kids and you still finish inside. Well, last year you finished inside the stadium in front of the ammo. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's one maybe. Maybe you can do that with George instead. But last year I ran the 5k and then volunteered on the fun run. Fair enough. Sounds sounds plan. Sounds plan. So yeah, that's in the summer end of season. So look forward to that one. So go on then hit me with it. Time goal and goal scorer. Considering that um that Cheltenham have had ex Port Vale strikers George Lloyd and Matty Taylor up front for the last few games. And Matty Taylor's been banging him in. Two and two, I believe. Maybe two and three. He certainly scored two already. Um, yes. Yeah. And Tom Pett's been bossing the midfield for him. Oh, yeah, I forgot Tom was there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going 47th minute, so straight after half-time, not 45 plus two. Um, big James Wilson on the way to a 2-1 Vale win. Okay, Andy? I'd gone um, 59 minutes and 1-0 win. I think it's going to be that sort of game where you've got a painful half an hour just just clinging on. And I think we will do just. Interesting. Where are you going, Johnny? I'm going... Four minutes. Ryan Loft. 3-0. A magic turnaround after two days on the training pitch. Yeah, why not? Why not? We we said it all season that we need to beat someone. Hmm? So why not why not get that full manager's that new manager bounce and, and go all out? So Tell you what has gone quiet. Yes. Dangor. Um, he put on his Instagram the other day that he was two weeks away. Right. I'm not on Instagram, so I don't get any of that. Yeah, he put on his Instagram picture of like a three-quarter charge battery with two weeks or something like that. Right. It might have been three weeks, but it was it was definitely about a week ago, so... Is that a Port Vale two weeks or a Man United two weeks? Well, it was Dan Gore saying it, so I don't. I, I assume it's a Dan Gore two weeks, right? But yeah, that, that, that that's going to be an interesting one when he comes back as well, because there's obviously a highly rated player in there. Yeah, and no, I haven't seen him yet because obviously I wasn't at the Peter uh, Portsmouth game. Ah, no, you weren't, were you? No. And what song are we going for with Dad and Moore? I've seen two suggestions online. Oh, I haven't seen any. Well, the first one was more, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? And that was we, the first we, question. 
we could double that up though, and then I'll never catch on, and then change it with to go 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 in the second one when when yeah, when you could. Yeah. and then the other was a re re adapted version of the Simon Mills song, Dan and more, Dan and more, Dan yeah. and Dan and more. He's got no air, but we don't care. Yeah, I think I think that one's all right. Or we'll just stick with the faithful of Darren Moore's Black and White Army. I do like that one as well. Yeah, I do like that one as well, but there's nothing stopping him having another. Connor you know Moore's song could work. Yeah, and of course. We'll share. Darren Moore. Yeah, near enough. Near enough, yeah. Let me tell you what I don't like. Well, for next season, he doesn't fit in the EIO song. No, and when we get promotion, this is what we sing. We are Vale Super Vale. Darren Moore is our king. Doesn't fit. Moro. I don't know. It doesn't sound nice, does it? No, it needs work. Yeah, so someone's going to have to come up. So Darren's going to have to tell us where his nickname is or something. Well, I'm sure I remember seeing something on on the telly years ago when he was a player at West Brom, and his nickname was Big Dave. And it it was because there was a pot noodle advert. Yeah, yeah. With Big Dave on it. And yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think the, the, the stuck or something. It's just like players winding him up. Maybe we'll ask the Chef Wednesday fans how they fitted it to Big Dave is our king. Hmm. Or what did they think? Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm obviously not getting carried away. No, obviously not. But. Although we could be singing that if we get relegated, if we stay up or settle for a comfortable mid-table next season without any drama. But this is bail. Do we do a season without any drama? Well, can't remember the last time. Probably, probably, probably the last time was was before Norman decimated the team, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. Rob Page's last season. Yeah. Last ball season. Yeah. I think that's probably the last time we, we did drama free. Although we had the drama with the Exeter FA Cup and him getting on the coach, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Norman. That's true. Uh, what was it Norman said about um, um, we'd never have a, we'd, we'd never let a black person be the manager? Something like it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that we've completely um, well, yeah, we, we've, we've blown that apart. Bloody idiot. <laughs> so yeah, hi Norm, if you if you're listening, if you've made it this far. Yeah, if you made it to the end, we'll <laughs> so he probably hasn't been listening. And if you have, if you have no, make yourself fucking useful and listen to the adverts so we get paid. <laughs> oh, have you dropped an advert in, Johnny? Yeah, there will be. I'll, I'll, I'll it, I, I can't be fucked with it. Yeah, I've had feedback. I've had feedback that it just sort of just cuts out and there's an advert in the middle of somebody talking. So, yeah, um, means people listen to me. And if you do listen. Please don't skip the adverts because every listen means a pay. We're talking pennies, but it all goes into the podcast fund, which then goes into stuff like sponsoring players to turn shit, um, sponsoring Tom Lowe to do the Manchester off, things it's like the Chris Knight. Yeah. Elvis costumes off eBay. No, that didn't come out of the podcast fund. <laughs> that came, that but, came straight out of the Dougie Mac fund. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't someone else brought that but yeah it do, all <laughs> the revenue we generate as you know and we've said it before we don't take a penny for doing this it all goes back into the club or things going on with fans of the club such as sponsors etc 
so thank you for listening to the adverts. Yeah, and there you go. And then we'll be back Sunday um, with the review. The eye on. What, what? Got a busy day Sunday. Got a busy day? Why are you doing Sunday, mate? Got three games. You got three games? Where? First one's at Biddle Cricket Club. Yeah. Second one's at Millais. Yeah. Third one's at Kidsgrove Athletic. At least you made yourself, you're working way back home while there, aren't you? Well, I have to begin with, but then kids grow probably further than Biddle. Well, it's <laughs> than Biddle. Yeah. Fair enough. Is that the ladies at Biddle, at Kids Grove? Potentially. What do you mean, potentially? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm on the line, not in the middle, on the line for that one. Absolute weirdo. Sometimes you are best. <laughs> Oh, that tickled me. Um, I, I haven't, I haven't asked actually. Are you both going Saturday? I suppose that's. I well, I wasn't planning on going. I was supposed to be going to a gig, but I'm not sure I'm going now. So, I don't know. I, I don't see myself going unless something happens during the course of Friday. And I'm in. You're where? I'm no, I'm not going. Where are you? It's my first Saturday away game I think I've missed this season. But after the Fleetwood one, I said I wasn't going away again this season. I will now, now we've got a manager. But the coach has already sold out. And I'm going to take it. Fair enough. I have contemplated whether to drive down. You should do. There you go, Andy. Like I should, but I'm effing an army. Well, and, yeah. and Andy wants go, so there you go. There, there, there's two people in your car. Mello was interested. He might um, be, be a third. I, I've already, I've already bagsied Mello. Have you? Oh, is he going with you? Yeah, yeah, he's coming with us. All oh, right. Yeah. And Dicko did offer me a space on the coast. It was before we'd announced a new manager. Ah, uh, so. Whereas if it was after, I'd have taken it. Whereas now, but on the other side, I have obviously just brought a car and booked three holidays, so I could kind of do with the money. Yeah, so we'll we'll see you at three o'clock on Saturday then. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. When do White Gale signs tomorrow? You what? When do White Gale signs tomorrow? You'll be there. We'll see. I do feel as though I should be. There you go. Or, I've, as I've already said, Sunday I'll be out the house from half eight in the morning till half four, five o'clock. So I've got, I don't know. I don't know. I'm torn. You're torn, as Natalie would say. Yeah, but luckily I'm not lying naked on the floor. Yeah, luckily for us. Yeah, although from the feedback, I've had a lot of people felt as though they saw me naked on Friday. <laughs> yes, they definitely did. They definitely did. There's yeah. a few... Them lights were not forgiving, shall we say. No, Dicko's already messaged me saying I nearly had his eye out. Wow, well, how close were you stood to Dicko? It's front of the stage, wasn't he? Yeah, but there was at least three foot between you both. He's been kind. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we're just waffling now, like like we're good yeah. at. We're, yeah. we're actually we're quite happy at the minute. So let's let's hope that doesn't change come five o'clock Saturday. But whatever you do, enjoy yourselves. If you can, get yourselves down to the is it still called the Johnny Rock Stadium? Oh. I think no, it's a different sponsor this season. Oh, it's a perfectly something 
Oh mm. yeah, it's it's something. It's it's the first ever sustainable, fully sustainable stadium or something like that. One thing. Yeah. So. But yeah. Anyway, get yourselves down to Cheltenham. Enjoy yourselves, and have an ale and up the Vale. So it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, order make delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.